Hey, it's Casey Cheshire from EO Boston. It's an honor for my team at Ringmaster to partner with EO Atlanta to produce this great podcast. If you're interested in an experience share around what it takes to launch a podcast, how to be a better host, or a great guest, shoot me an email at casey at ringmaster.com. And now back to the show. Entrepreneurship is hard. So let's fix that and dive into our hero's journeys. This is Taking Flight, an entrepreneur's journey, and I'm Sarah Torville. Join me as we delve deep into the passions, expertise, and experiences of those already in flight. This show is sponsored by EO Atlanta. Hello, everybody. I am so excited about today's guest. In fact, I cannot think of a better person to start our EO Atlanta Entrepreneur's Flight podcast, our very, very first show. They are co-founder and managing partner of Trade Ideas, owner of Avid Vines, LLC, president of EO Atlanta chapter, David Aferia. Welcome, David. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. It's a delight to be here. Yeah. First, the first one. The first one. And as our president leading our charge this year of the entrepreneur's journey, it just makes sense that you kick us off, David, with your leadership. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a privilege to have you on the board. And it's a privilege to be with you to, um, uh, to talk a little bit about EO and, uh, and the journey, our uh, hero's journey, this, this year's theme. Mm-hmm, exactly. So we want to get into what your journey has looked like and see how people can take away knowledge and insight from your journey, David. So I'm going to really get off, kick, kick off this morning and ask you, like, what did you get right when you took your first flight into your entrepreneurial journey? What did you get right? You know, I was privileged to, to, to start a business with two um, friends, friends that I had known since, uh, since college. And one was a fraternity brother. And in starting the company, I think one of the first things we got right was the division of labor. We all came to the business with what we, what the business needed um, in terms of, so the business trade ideas is a FinTech software subscription uh, as a service company that helps people trade on the stock market, helps people make better decisions in the market. And when we started the, the, the company almost 19, almost 20 years ago, we, we, we had the strong division of labor, uh, of, of who was doing what best, who, who was the best coder, who understood the vision of the product of where, what it needed to do, uh, and could, it could describe those requirements. And then you needed someone basically in sales and business development. And, uh, we, we worked and continued to work very effectively together. I think the second thing that we got right was how we, um, capitalized the, 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 the firm and how we didn't take outside venture capital. And that was out of some hard lessons learned from from our previous journeys before we came together for trade ideas. But the lack of having uh, or or being able to bootstrap the company, and I myself went went without a salary for about a year and a half, um, did in turn allow us the freedom to make mistakes where we wanted to on our own timetable. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there's a lot of lessons there, I'm sure, around, um, you know, being able to not feel controlled by anybody else, like you say, and make your own decisions too. But we'll we'll get into that a little bit more. So 
So I suppose your your co-pilots, and I ask you who your co-pilots are on this journey, are they, are they the same people that you started Trade Ideas with or, or have there been other co-pilots which have been kind of pivotal to your journey? That's a great question. And, you know, when we describe like a hero's journey, every hero needs a guide, right? Every Wonder Woman needs her Amazonian tribe. Every Ray in the Star Wars trilogy needs a Luke Skywalker as a, as a mentor. And... For me, I would say my first co-pilot is uh, and was then my uh, my wife, um, my wife Stephanie. And in fact, we made a kind of a pact where, look, I'm going to start this entrepreneurial you know journey, and it's going to be one that fluctuates. As I said, I went in a year and a half or so without a salary, and um, you know the, the 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 success of the business is going to go you know up and down, and hopefully more up than down. But like a stock, it's going to trade higher, it's going to trade lower. And we want lower, we want higher lows, and and you know if, if need be, you know, we want higher highs, of course. The um, her, and her uh, position at the time, and and uh, she has spent a, a successful career as a employment lawyer, uh, and her, you know, that was a more stable um, environment. Yes. And we made that agreement, and so you know, I'm I'm um, forever indebted to her for being able to have, you know, that ability to go out and create uh, with a little bit, with a lot more uncertainty than, than her ability to create within a, a structure. Uh, and that's proven to be, you know, a, a wonderful and rewarding union. Yeah. And so important for um, starting a business, like you say, there's some stability, it sounds like, you know, from somebody earning very, you know, having a good job and then yourself being able to, to be the entrepreneur you want to be. It's 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 like a trading plan in engaging yeah. markets. You have to have what's your risk management plan? I mean, you know, yeah. you have a you have a business plan, but how do you how are you going to mitigate the risks of, of everything? You want it to turn out according to your wildest assumptions, but what 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 is the you know what's the level of support uh, underneath you that you want to keep raising uh, to to make sure that this works or or the signposts to know that it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind just asking you going back to your division of labor with the. Um, you know, your, the co-founders and the people you've worked with, how did you have that foresight early on to, did you have anyone come in and help you figure out who was the best at what, or did you just feel naturally you knew your roles? Um, it, it did. We're, we're all extreme in, in our, and it was very, very apparent. Like, you know, my one partner is um, very introverted almost a little painfully introverted. So just naturally, and, and he just a genius with his experience came from uh, actually def- defense companies and building targeting systems. And that knowledge, he was like, you know, these systems that I'm and coding and building are, are defensive systems and sometimes they're offensive systems. And and I think I'd like to just focus what I know and then his genius on, on the stock market. And to this day, he's been able to help us with uh, how and the teams under him, you know, how to uh, architecture and a massive amount of, you know, computing that we have to do in order to come up with our strategies and optimize what market patterns are the most rewarding ones in ascendance and which ones are falling off as the market continually evolves. The other, uh, my other partner is very much kind of visionary and and the one who had traded the longest among the three of us. So right. he came to the market like, you know, like I've got, I've got the years, you know, in the markets and um, know what the product should do. And, you know, I, I love to entertain and I love to, you know, I, love, I empathize and communicate very well. It's one of the strengths I bring. And yeah. maybe with a, 
uh, with a, a, a side of woo uh, factor. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm very effective at like listening to people and being able to, uh, and to communicate and, and yeah. it, it paid off in, in how about a year and a half or so into, um, trade ideas that we landed a major partner, an online retail broker who at the time was named Scott trade. And that followed up with 18 months later, uh, um, a partnership with E-Trade and those, okay. those partnerships and those contracts landed, uh, or lasted, uh, 10 years each, um, on an annual contract renewal. The terms were always like we renew every year and we determine is this worth, you know, still providing to our customers mm -hmm. each year that proved to be the case. That's great. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, um, what is a challenge you and your team had to solve recently? Challenge we have to solve recently. Well, a team of trade ideas is very focused on growth, but we're very focused on the, the underbelly sometimes of growth is how, I mean, we want to be acquiring new, you know, new customers, new subscribers to our tool. And we've really shifted the revenue uh, of how it's come into the, the firm. It used to be very dependent on these large partnerships with these major you know, corporations. And that proved to be, um, in terms of risk management, a very risky position to be in to have all your revenue concentrated in just a few uh, customers. It has all your focus, but it's, you know, in terms all the eggs, of- All the eggs in one basket, so to speak. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, and we used to treat individual subscribers kind of like a laboratory, like we'll, you know, we'll, we'll create and, and fix, you know, with them. And, and then we'll really do all this to serve this, the, the, you know, the huge number of customers that we have with these um, larger uh, firms. And we've since changed that equation all, completely around. We, we derive the majority of our revenues from uh, individual subscribers and very, very little um, with almost a need to kind of bring back the revenues that we had from larger uh, partnerships. The, so it's, but the challenge that we have is sometimes keeping uh, individuals in both subscribing to trade ideas. So we have an actual amount of churn that we, that we have, that we experience, and we want to always try, try to minimize that. And we have a, we have a product strategy that guides us and we do better jobs during the course of, of our of trade ideas at, at executing on that. And sometimes we don't, but that strategy is pretty uh, much the same and I can share it. It's very easy to say it's hard to do, but we, we try to, we have this, we try to deliver the maximum value on the first impression with our technology. You have one chance to really on the first impression, deliver the most value about what you do and how you can help and you get that one chance to do it. So on that first impression, you've got to be able to show very quickly, this is how this can help you. Right. And that's a moving target. It's never a destination. It is a journey. You always have to be thinking about, okay, well, what customers are coming to us that we can satisfy with the first view? And do we need to segment what that first view of the technology is, depending on if they're an options trader, if they're an equities trader, if they're a, you know, a, a active trader, the trade within the hour, or they hold positions for longer. Right. No, it's interesting you should say that. I'm just going to give you an, uh, something I saw yesterday. I was looking up a prospect who wants to talk to me this week. And I noticed that this is the first time I've ever seen this, where I went to their website and they tailored their website to speak to me. So they actually um, said um, that they're a risk management company for communications and PR agencies. And then as I went down on the page, it said, we can solve all your solutions, Media Frenzy Global. And I have never seen that on a website before. Wow. Yeah, wow. I was, I don't know if I liked it. Right. 
Right. Because I don't feel like they really knew anything about me. I know you're not saying you're doing that, but you are, you're not changing, but you're making sure, like you say, their first impressions speak to their pain points. I think what you're saying. That's it. Speaking of pain points. And if I can know that, you know, that, that this firm or that trade ideas has identified me, not personally, but put me into a, a, you know, kind of hinted at, at this may be you and we can help. Then I feel comfortable, you know, walking into the tent, you know, and and saying, okay, yeah, yeah, let's see more. Yeah, and how how has that been going for you since you've made that change? It's a, I mean, it isn't, it isn't binary. It isn't one and done, and now we see right. the change. It's like as I said, it's a very constant. Much, yeah, because we're trying to we're trying to understand where, and I call it like a leaky boat. You know, we want to fill the boat, right. the holes in this boat, and some initiatives, you know, work, and and others don't. Um, and we try several different approaches. Uh, I think one based on price, you know, that we've tried recently hasn't really worked for us. I mean, it does, it does, but in the long term, I don't know if it's going to help. If you train your customers on promotions or so forth to, to know, you know, when you're putting your subscription on sale, and and then you, we might see people downgrading in order to take advantage of the of the sale, and then right. stay with us. That can help. That can lock them in for longer periods of time with us as a subscriber, mm-hmm. but. I want to be, you know, we generally want to be focused on the value that we're providing, not just the, not, I mean, the benefits and, and the, the use of the tool and not just yeah. focus on price all the time. Oh, I agree with you hundred percent. So for, for people, I mean, I think this is a challenge, what you're explaining that many businesses have gone through when you, like you realize, and I, and I went through this myself as well. You have your eggs in one basket and then that, that basket breaks or starts to leak and you realize that this is not sustainable and you've got to change things up but what is the piece of advice you might offer others who are facing this challenge right now data make decisions based on data um and you know you start anecdotally with what you think is right uh but we have some wonderful people on on our team that you know that dive further into data and can pull out uh insights where you're confirming sometimes what those hypotheses are, but sometimes, but also leads you to a better decision. And sometimes it just comes out completely different. Where wow, uh, we need to pay attention to this, or or if we're going to succeed, and we risk a lot if we don't listen to this data. Um, right. So find out where you know what if, what data and what information you're creating and use it. Um, so, but but data data on what do you think? Like what is what is helping you to determine um, that, you know, taking a chance, taking a change is allowing you to, will allow you to be successful. I'm just, I'm wondering like in a, cause I suppose that your business is a, um, you know, a desktop solution. So you can see the data coming through. Can you, through your, your Google analytics, et cetera. Okay. Um, okay. So you're looking at that and determining how, what, what are you looking at when you're looking at that data? Well, like for instance, when we look at the, the result of pr- promotion, we're, we're, we're right. trying to understand, okay, the, the people that came to us, uh, were they purchasing our premium product or were they purchasing our standard product right. um, uh, and subscription? Do um, Were they with us before or are these new customers? Um, you know, the markets kind of keep you know, evolving and some, some, we have a lot of customers, a natural amount of churn comes from people who engage in the market, use our service to do so. The market changes on them. Not that they suffer a loss or, or or they're harmed in some way, but they 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 satisfy their urges in, in the market, uh, and they they back away. And when they back away, they may cancel our subscription, but they come back. 
uh, we want to try to, with our promotions, be constantly reaching new, uh, new subscribers. Right. So, and, and if, for instance, in evaluating uh, an affiliate, when uh, evaluating one of our strategies to, is to help um, amplify and find affiliates that are also reaching new segments and new, new customers by partnering with them and making them affiliates. Yeah. And when they do a promotion, we want to see, well, how, in terms of reach, are they reaching, is any part of the promotion that they're, uh, that they're sending to their customers, you know, existing customers or old previous customers of trade ideas, you know, partner A may, affiliate A may do this and only have like 10% overlap and say, okay, that's, that's actually pretty good. 90% of the people that they're reaching are new and have never um, seen trade ideas before. Right. So we want to, act, you know, we want to further accent, accent what they're doing and promote what they're doing with content. Yeah. They then turn around and promote to their audience. Right. Affiliate comes back with a promotion and it's like 70% of people who we've seen before, that's not as valuable. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for sharing that. So, so is there a book which is giving you this wisdom? Is there a favorite book, David, you have? Like, where is this? I know you're trying things and I love that this is great. What's great about being an entrepreneur, isn't it? You can try things, but at the same time, we need things to work. We're working in a fast paced environment. So yeah, you, you look like a book lover. So tell me, is there one book? Is there one book on that particular solution of how do you diversify and um, spread your risk? Do you think there's a book which helped you to figure that out? It's a, it's a, it's a fast life. Things move fast. And I have a, I have a wonderful book uh, shelf of books, and I think I've read you know maybe two chapters in each book before yeah. I have to. <laughs> it in, in oh, it. I'm glad you told me that. I feel so much better. I'm oh, please. I mean, it's yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it's hard. Um, yeah. But you know, so the way I mean, I do love to read, and yeah, I get the learning. I, I, I it's. That's about to pour out of me here, but I mean, go on, say I, it, please. I've, I've banged my head against the wall way too many times, you yeah. know, to say that. Oh, I read, and then I have this insight. Oh yeah, doesn't work. That. Yeah, it's way. It's just not that pretty. No. Um, the I will say that um, that's what e, that's what my participation in EO and and my yeah. the, the board that that I have this year as as president and and just the and the members and the experiences and the events that we intend. I am, you know. Books or not, I'm committed to being a lifelong learner. It's yeah. be the way that I refresh and invigorate and re-engage, you know, in life is to keep learning. And there have been moments in my life where, you know, after my undergrad uh, years, I, I was able, I was, I had the privilege of working for uh, a large company, Kraft Foods, General uh, General Foods at the time, Kraft Foods, and they paid for a large portion of my continuing studies for my MBA. Finished my MBA, and. Uh, uh, and transition to another career in consulting. And all of that was a, an experience where my mind was being exposed to new models and new ideas, which was great. <clears throat> and being a consultant but also was, you know, application of all that learning in real time. And then trade and then and then moving to trade ideas. But even after trade ideas, after about nine years or so of trade ideas, it was it was evident to me that I was doing the same things, but not changing, you know, not seeing any results that were changing. Yeah. And uh, I joined EO um, for this exposure to mentors and guides, if you will, um, based upon really the change in behavior I noticed in two people very close to me, a good friend and, and a cousin of mine who lives in, in South Florida. Right. Um, and that change, you know, in them that, that I saw prompted me to, to you know, understand more about EO and, and how being exposed to leaders like yourself and 
and ideas in in fantastic places yeah could spark could spark all of this uh, uh learning and say if it worked for them and I, I if i hear the stories that they're telling me how can i apply them yeah that's really great insight yeah i love that and i love the fact thank you for sharing that that our ideas aren't just kind of coming from pretty places you're right it, and i think you shared some real reality there about <laughs> we are knocking our head against a brick wall many many times um and so the ideas are coming from everywhere and then you're about to you know so yeah i appreciate you sharing that because um it's not easy as we know but like eo has definitely um been a place for you and it's a place for me too i feel exactly the same same as you um, and, and, and sometimes it's not necessarily the, the book smarts um or, or or the the business decisions i would say eo is 66 percent um of my own emotional intelli intelligence in reacting to you know success as well as reacting to you know um debilitating you know uh, uh not failures but but yeah challenges you know, challenges and hard truths and so forth and i'm just able to um it fits it fits within my ability to to react to that and uh, and keep moving yeah that's really really good so what excites you about the future david where are you heading uh what excites me about the future um I see, I see for the company great things because I see a, a fan, we have a fantastic team and, and an amazing pipeline. Um, we're still, we always kind of look at our business and say, are we the best custodians? Are we the, are we the best stewards of this business? And um, if we couldn't answer that question positively, we would be looking to see, okay, well, who else can do a better, better job with this technology? But we still remain, you know, very much uh, the, the best of what we're doing and very innovative. And so the pipeline kind of invigorates me as to what's coming that we can, you know, that I can talk about and that I can show both individual subscribers and, and our, and our, you know, potential partners, existing and potential partners, um, th th this technology to help people make better decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but tied with that is just, uh, this, this, uh, wonderful, you know, I, I'm blessed to have uh, a wonderful family, um, that supports and that helps, um, this, this journey for sure. And, and as part of, you know, as part of that help, they are themselves starting their own journey. I have two, you know, wonderful children, two girls, uh, one who's 18 and one who's 15. And, um, my 18 year old has started her journey in, in, in college. And, um, that's a very rewarding, you know, experience to both see her go through and participate when we can with the occasional phone call. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so, it, it, it's, it's her absence from the normal routine, which is our household has kind of, um, obviously brought focus on our, the, the one that's remaining, but, but yeah. in a way that's very much, you know, out of appreciation for the moments we do have. Yeah. And, uh, so, and when we're together, all four of us and on certain parts and times of the year, certainly yeah. brings out an appreciation for me because I've changed. Uh, yeah. and, and I, I, hopefully I think for the better, but I, and I know for the better, cause I look at like how I behaved when we were all together. And, and sometimes I was call it parenting, call it, you know, yeah. I'm a lot softer now. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, my husband would say the same. I think age softens us a little bit as well. And appreciation, like you say, these our children are getting older and you kind of want to appreciate those moments. There, I mean, there's a shift, right? And you have yeah. to appreciate the shift that they go through where yeah. they, they literally, you know, hold the wheel yeah. and you're the passenger and, yeah. you know, for all their lives, 
you were behind the wheel. And I mean that metaphorically in a sense of like, you set the agenda for the day. Everything. That, you know, you, you knew where you were going. You knew the plan. Mm -hmm. It just depends on how frustrated your children became before they asked, well, what's the plan? What are we doing? Are you throwing me into the car, <laughs> the car seat? Or we have to go someplace because I can't drive. And, and can you tell me where we're going? And, and you realize the same way with business. You have to be able to tell a team like, look, this is the vision I have. This is the plan. This is what we're going to do. Are we all on board? Let's do this. And um, then it becomes the case where the ch you know, your child grows and starts driving the wheel. And, and then you have to understand, well, okay, where are we going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we're asking them questions, literally. So, um, so who are you, David? Take me back in time, like your pre-flight. Just give me some of those, those most important moments on your journey. Pre-flight, like that. Um, my pre-flight, uh, you know, we start to talk about identity a, a little bit, but mine was, um, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a dual, Amer dual citizen, a French-American, American, I should say. I was born here in the U.S., um, but I am French and, and hold a, a citizenship through my father. Mm -hmm. And that was a large, uh, his family was a very large part of my upbringing. Um, our family reunions were large. And they were um, just delights. They, they, it was always around food and it, it was always around, um, you know, laughter and stories, uh, a lot of it in French. And, and I had cousins um, growing up who, whose both parents were, you know, French citizens and they were fluent in French in the house. My mother uh, is American and it's harder for you know, we all know the mother tongue is the one that really uh, yeah. passes along the, the the language capability. Yeah. So I just remember being very jealous of my cousins and thinking they have access to my great grandparents. Right. That and can relate to them in a way that I couldn't. And my love for them was like I I want to be able to communicate in the same way that they could. Yeah. And so it uh, it, it launched me on, on an appreciation both for the culture and both for the language that has that has uh, resided with me and and. Maybe that just made that connection about my my wanting to communicate with those I loved really helped yeah. me focus on how I communicate uh, myself mm -hmm. and wanted to communicate in you know in another language and obviously learning another language for me is unlocked certain parts of my brain that uh, and, and for the culture and and um, for the capability of speaking that that's that's yeah. helped me for sure. For yeah, sure. that's wonderful. And, and it led to more decisions like studying abroad for an entire year is even supposed to a semester yeah. reconnecting with that family. Yeah. And when I say that family, um, my story is a little bit of part of my father's obviously. And he, he was born in a colony of France, which was French territory at the time in what is now Algeria, right. but they fought for their independence and they, they were, they were, you know, they were bombing and, and fighting for that independence by <laughs> killing the colonists and, and, you know, creating revolution. And so my grandfather made a decision most of the family immigrated to southern France, and my grandfather made a decision to follow his brother uh, to America when my father was fairly young in his teens. And it took about 25 years um, before he reunited with that uh, that lost part of the family. Oh. I think I joined like the year afterwards and spent right. my summers afterwards there. So it was. You're giving me you're giving me goosebumps here. You really are. <laughs> it's um, it, it's so nice to learn. Your roots. I, I didn't know that about the Algerian side of your family, and um, and and I love the fact your desire to communicate and that that need to want to learn their language so you can have that love and 
connection with your grandparents is amazing. And yeah. great grandparents. I mean, I, I, I'm yeah. privileged. I knew them <clears throat> and uh, I, I knew them for, for quite some time. And, yeah. uh, and obviously my, my grandparents as well. Yeah, that's wonderful. And so you came, so, so you were born here, you um, studied here. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you got an MBA, which is excellent. Um, and, and you've worked to some great corporate companies as well. So you, you really built, I suppose you built your, your foundation of learning a lot from these large um, corporate companies. Do you believe that was a great place to start for you? You mentioned craft and. Yeah, for, for, for me, it was, you know, it, it was, it was extremely helpful to understand the system. I mean, yeah, I'm always one who wants to understand like, okay, what's the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. And then what are the areas where it could be improved? And that's a that's a colloquialism for saying improved to say okay if I go outside of the system yeah you know is it is it is is there, are the consequences dire or are by going outside the system am I actually changing it and trying to improve it yeah um, and so I'm always wanting to look at a system and say okay well where 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 are the holes here and yeah. uh, uh, because does it make sense does it not and can I show somebody that look I'm doing this a different way yeah and um you know. That, that, that helped. And it hurts, it hurts sometimes. Like I created a system in, while I was working for Kraft that, um, this was, you know, when, when Excel macros were, you know, were, were a thing. Um, right. and it was a system for communicating results out in the field back to a, a central regional office. And, um, it was a great idea. In fact, you know, small regret, if it had worked, it would have been a fantastic business idea, but I was very much, you know, in, in this structure and I was promoting this, uh, uh, this communication and, and Excel macro um, workbook. And I remember one particular executive was like, well, this idea, well, this idea will never work. It's too complicated. And I said something like, um, I was pretty young. I said something like, uh, um, we'll make this idiot proof. <laughs> and he was like, and I meant it in the way of like, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll solve all this, you know, and it's, it, and, <clears throat> and this is part of the evolution of the product, but he came away like a, this young guy just called me an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what you meant. Not what I meant, but, uh, you know, it was like, a, let's move. Let's keep this going. Yeah, right? exactly. Don't worry. We'll, we'll yeah. make the interface more yeah. idiot proof. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, so it uh, uh, it started a kind of like, well, this the structure and, and the way yeah. you know, it works uh, what, what wasn't for me. But a lot of a lot of the base learning, a lot of the, you know, the base. I weight, agree. You know, you you articulated that extremely well because I haven't ever thought about it. You're right. The the large corporates give you that that structure and reality of how things can be successful within the four walls of something. But like you say, what are those areas of weakness? And and as entrepreneurs, we're able to exploit those areas of weakness, aren't we? And yeah. grow businesses from it. So ideally, yeah. yeah, yeah, ideally, that's what we're trying to do. So that was that was explained well. Thank you for that. Wow. Okay, so tell me what what problem do you, do you think you solve right now? What, what impact do you think you like you have made because of trade ideas? Uh, I mean, I, I know I know that people use our tool, and um, it takes a certain kind of person, you know, who wants to 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 use our tool uh, to take advantage of the, the the markets and the you know this. The, the U.S. exchange, the U.S. markets are well-regulated. They have their issues, but they're relative to other countries in the world. They're extremely liquid and it's, it, they're, they are well-run. 
Um, but again, I will say that, you know, within, within certain limits, there are people who spend their entire, you know, waking hours and, and years gaming the system or, you know, uh, at the ends, but for a large part, it is a, a functioning, you know, market. And the U S markets are one of these things where if you have an idea, you take capital, you can put it into the market and test that idea. And in a very, it's the only place that's very liquid enough to pull that, you know, that capital back out. Right. If I put it, if I buy a new home. And I put capital and money into that home. I mean, it may take a year for me to yeah. do renovations. It may even take, you know, if I don't do anything with it, it's still going to take some time for the, the market to appreciate yeah. and or not. But, and if it doesn't work out, then pulling money and selling the home can also be a very lengthy process. So mm -hmm. take another example. If I put money into a business and I create a company and capitalize it, I may not see the results of, uh, of the success of, of that, a multiple of that for you know, four years, five, nine, 20. Um, but the markets are this very liquid, you know, uh, environment where that money can be inserted into the market with, with a, you know, a hypothesis, with a plan, with a risk management plan, and then pulled out, you know, immediately within minutes, within hours, within days. So the impact I know that we have is there are people that understand this and want to engage in the market for that reason but want to do so with a level playing, as much of a level playing field as we can give them that, you know, if they are not capitalized hedge funds with teams of, of, of people and analysts making these decisions, we provide essentially the value proposition we provide is to, yes, we want to make better decisions in the markets, but we're showing you data of what is happening before others can see it. Um, and in places where no one else is looking in the market, mm. relatively speaking. And so, okay. <clears throat> they're able to identify with with our help and then you know apply a, a risk management plan and talking to customers and helping them in support and uh and listening to their stories plus we used to run before covid these trade idea summits where people would come to you know uh, southern california where my other two partners are and who wouldn't want to come to southern california for a conference and we would turn on, we pull people out of the summit and put them in front of a camera and kind of like, tell us your story. What's your, you know, what's your reason for trading and even, you know, using trade ideas. And the stories are just gems. There, there was one, for instance, a, a Florida photographer who um, had peak season around wedding seasons, but then a lull, uh, but, but, you know, in between that, and he would use trading to supplement his income. Right. And there was another young man who use the proceeds from trading to, to his dream was to start a soccer academy for inner city underprivileged, you know, youths. And, uh, I was like, wow, you're on a mission. He's like, yeah, well, you know, and I, when I'm not working on that, I, I engage in the markets and, and, and trade and use your, your tool to help me, you know, point out where, where I can be and, and take advantage of sometimes small is beautiful. And, and that's what we appeal yeah. to. Yeah. That's great. Being small and making these, you know, transactions in the market. Those are, those, are, that's, those are great stories. Those are life-changing stories for people. So um, I hope you market that well. <laughs> we try. We, you know we, me. Yeah. 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 So, um, okay, that's really great. Thank you. So, um, okay, the, the, the question I think, I think as entrepreneurs, we ask ourselves internally, but I'm going to ask you externally. If you were to do this all again, would you do it all over again? There's some things obviously I would change, but would I, you know, for, for the fundamental reasons that, uh, you know, this is like a rocket ship and, and would I have grabbed it? Uh, yes, definitely. Right. Um, 
you know, my partners are, are they're, they're wonderful people that in many ways I still learn from them. And hopefully, you know, they've learned to, they, we well moderate, you know, our behaviors, you know, from, from reacting to each other and, and learning from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so plus it's, again, it was a very trusting environment, um, you know, to join and, you know, now that there's some of the relationships I have that are my longest that, you know, even predate my, my, my wife and, and family, yeah. of course. Yeah. So, um, that there, it, for what it's for the, for the direction that it's pointed me in, I, I, I yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't change it. Good. Fantastic. <laughs> Good. That was your answer. And I love it. You said it. I mean, yeah. you, you know, yeah, I'd have more yes, lines under my, so. under my eyes and more gray hair if, you know, there would just be like, uh, I call baloney on that. <laughs> okay. I, I'm curious to know, because I don't know the answer to this. What, what kind of things do you do for fun, David? What do you like doing when you're not working on trade ideas? Um, I mean, again, I'm, I'm very blessed. I have a very rich and rewarding uh, you know, life thanks to, my, thanks to my family, but even outside the family. Um, you know, I, my parents live in another state my, and my sibling, my sister lives also in another state. And, you know, when you do that, you wind up investing more time in relationships and in friends, friends who yeah. wind up, you know, becoming like family. And I, you know, we love travel. And recently, uh, with some of these other family, family friends or friends that are now family who, with whom we've raised our children together and are now also experiencing off to college, you know, and, yeah. and semi-empty or empty, completely empty nesters. We all took a trip to Southern France and Northern Spain on the Atlantic coast. And it was a, it was a back roads trip and it was an amazing experience. And I, the whole time I just kept pinching myself, like I'm doing this with, with these people, you know, that, that, you know, that we've known for so long and, and we're all able to do this, uh, you know, together. And, um, I got to share, you know, the parts of me that they all know, you know, in terms of, of French and, and, and the culture, yeah. but doing it was an exploration for me uh, in some ways. Like I had not been to all the areas that we were going to and it was, uh, but it was around, I mean, things I love, right? So food and people and, you know, food and friends and, and, and great wine. <laughs> and so it was, um, it was fantastic. But if you're, you know, so travel is a big component. We're always, you know, quick aside. I'm so excited sometimes about where, you know, and with EO, I have traveled to amazing places yeah. where I have more ideas to go my wife has learned to, the concept of yes and. So if I come back and like, oh, we have to go to, you know, yeah. we have to go to Iceland. She's like, yes, and let's just put it on a list. Yeah. She used to say no, like, are you crazy? We can't, the, the schools and the schedule yeah. and everything. So now she's just like, we put it on a list and then we put a date on it and it gets filed away. I calm down. It's like, okay, that idea is out yeah. of my system. It's on. Yeah. Sure enough, we look back and we've gone through and hit most of those, you know, places that we've at least scheduled and, and, and we still have some, you know, remaining, but yeah. That's wonderful. Outside of that, it's also a bit of exercise. Keeping in shape is a, is a tonic for me. It's a, a, a and so yeah. doing yoga, doing Peloton, doing yeah. you know, some high intensity interval training workouts and, and even Pilates are, are yeah. part of my, you know, regimen to stay active. Yeah. That's really, really good. Um, so David, where can people connect with you? What's the best place? How can they reach out to you if they want to get in touch? Sure. So one is, um, you can follow us socially. You can follow Trade Ideas to to or you can visit trade-ideas.com mm-hmm. and you can get a, you know, uh, if you give us your email, we give you this Monday uh, kind of report. It's the idea of the week and it's fully, you know, with a risk management plan on how to approach the market through this one idea that we provide. That's um, the function of both 
the uh, machine learning optimizations that we do, as well as, you know, our own kind of traders and data scientists who say of this list, this one's like this one brand, choose this one. Um, and that's, uh, that's at trade-ideas.com and socially, um, at, you know, trade ideas, uh, on, uh, on Instagram. Yeah. And that's probably the best way. Okay. Um, another way that I've hinted at before is, uh, if you like champagne, I also uh, import cha uh, organic champagne into the country uh, because this, uh, it's because it's organic and because of the way we ship it under a chilled container, you know, there are no headaches with the champagne and, um, <laughs> it, it's, it's a, it's, it's more, it's, it's more of a project than it is a full fledged uh, business, but, um, it's good stuff. And you can find that at avid underscore vines, um, on socially. Okay. Great. I need, I need to look at that myself. Okay. Well, um, well, thank you, David. I have thank learned. You, you're welcome. I have learned a lot from you. Um, I like how you shared the importance of mitigating risk, you know, around really thinking about your business strategy and making sure that all your eggs aren't in one basket. I think that's really, really important. And also about the fact that you're the importance of people. You know, you've really aligned yourself with people who know their role within the company or even like the people behind you supporting you. And that has really enabled you to take the steps that you've taken and achieve a lot of growth. And I know there's a lot more growth to come, but, you know, the importance of those people, um, but those divisions of labor, I think was a really interesting point as well. So, um, yeah, so thank you to our listeners and our viewers. If you learned something today or you laughed, or you found something great, please tell someone else about this podcast. We really appreciate that. We're really looking to build a great community of entrepreneurs who are seeking knowledge and curiosity, just like we all are. Um, so once again, thank you, David. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah. The time was a pleasure to spend with you. Great. Very good. So this has been another exciting episode. Well, actually, it's been our first episode. What am I talking about? This is our first episode of EO Atlanta's Taking Flight. And I look forward to seeing you next time. And so that wraps up another episode. Thank you for joining. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at takingflight.live. For more information about EO Atlanta, visit eoatlanta.org. Special thanks to the following sponsors.